Hey guys, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. Once you finish the season finale of HBO Succession, make sure to tune in to the last episode of the Ringer's after show called Number One Boys with Chris Ryan and Jason Concepcion. You can check that out as well as recaps from the episodes from this season on our Twitter, at Ringer, and our YouTube page. We also have a lot of great written content about the show from writers like Allison Herman, Katie Baker, and Miles Surrey. You can find that on theringer.com. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. We thought yacht season was over, but thank you, Succession. It is not. Yacht season is always on in our hearts, Juliette. <laughs> it's true. We're going to dig into that. Some follow-up on last week's emergency topic, Rebecca Vardy versus Colleen Rooney, the WAG. The War of the WAGs. The War of the WAGs. Incredible. Um, we also are going to talk about uh, Lily Allen and David Harbour and their Page Six debut, mm-hmm. and then a Rihanna controversy that I don't know a lot about, but we will be breaking down. It's a Rihanna-adjacent controversy, Rihanna-adjacent. but yep. it's about celebrities and celebrity profiling, and we're interested in that. And we'll get there. I got some takes. But first, so pleasantly surprised that the season finale of season two of Succession, oh, P.S., tons of spoilers to come. I yeah. Watch Succession. I don't know what you're doing. Um, <laughs> the, the season finale takes place in, for the most part, for 90% of the episode, mm-hmm. on a yacht. I would say almost entirely. I guess the, the first very scene end. The last scene. Yeah, the, the first scene, they're boarding the yacht. That was some of my favorite moments, including... But Greg, Greg in Congress is, is oh, the cold true. open. Yeah, which I true. Which I also found forgettable. I was like, why do we even need this in the episode? That's true. But when Greg was boarding the yacht, being like, what if I'd answered every question yeah. with no woman, no cry? That, that, that stayed with me. And then, of course, boarding the yacht brought us sails out, nails out. So good. Which is the new advice for your footwear or lack thereof on a yacht. So good. Amazing stuff. Um, I was really distracted at the beginning trying to figure out where they were boarding. Mm-hmm. I've just come off 18 episodes of Below Deck Med. So I'm pretty familiar with almost all the ports (laughs) of the French Riviera. And I was like, well, it's not France. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Naples is a pretty big port for for yachting season, particularly if you hit the, um, the, like, Tyrrhenian Sea, like, you know, and you go up to the Amalfi Coast and, and whatnot. But I was like, I don't think it's that. And then... I just realized it was to Croatia. I mean, at what point did you realize they had they had embarked in Croatia? When you followed up to your own tweet being like, <laughs> they're in Croatia? Well, I, God is, bless you? <laughs> this is how I figured it out. Yeah. When um, Kendall and Logan go to see Stewie and Paxos yes. in Greece, yes. they take a, a dinghy from the yacht to where Stewie is or whatever at some mm-hmm. point. And on that yacht, there's a Croatian flag. So they're sort of like, and then, and then I saw the Croatian flag on the yacht as well. Okay. So that's how I was able to determine they had wow. left from some port in Croatia. Okay. And I actually feel I need to rewatch the episode because I was so laser focused on clues yes. for where they were um, that I, I feel like I missed some stuff and I need to go back and watch. But it, it tracks because then I was like, oh, Croatia. My mind wandered over to last summer's uh, wonderful film, Mamma Mia 2, which mm-hmm. also filmed in Croatia. Yes. Because of its proximity to Greece. And I was like, yeah, looks similar. Checks out. Yes, that's true. It's also Croatia is a popular filming location, as evidenced by the television series Game of Thrones. Correct. Yes. I'm actually not even positive they filmed in Croatia, but they were supposed to be sailing from Croatia. I think it it tracks for me visually. Yes. I was really impressed by the, the port, like... 
the actual, I guess, dock yes. and the shops and everything. It looked, was that construction constructed for the show, do you think? It looked very nice. Succession tends to go on location. Yeah. I, I think that was real. Also, when I was in France, there was some places that look kind of like that. Not completely, but I think there are some places in the the wider yachting world that have nice um, embarkation points like it that. It looked very calm and very upscale, which I suppose yeah. you would would make sense if you're the Roy family and or if you're sailing on this yacht, which is a real life yacht, because yes. as you say, succession films on location. Um, this yacht, we have been informed, is called the Solange, but with a D. Yes. And it is rentable for 1 million euros a week. That's the going rate. <laughs> Incredible. Here's, how much do you think HBO paid for this? Well, I don't know. They prob- My guess is they did it off-season, so they got a, a discount of okay. some kind or, like, kind of off-season. Yeah. And I don't know. At one point, when I couldn't figure out that it was Croatia, I was like, this just looks like Lake Winnipesaukee. Like, I was like, this just looks like a lake with a bunch of islands in the middle of it. So I feel like there could have been some some savings because it didn't, because it was so green. Yeah. It didn't look like the like the craggy coast of a specific country. So I feel like they could have fudged things a little bit. But I I don't know. But how do you get this yacht to a lake? I mean, I'm wrong. Okay. I, that, that was incorrect. <laughs> but that's just what I was thinking because I was like so irritated I couldn't figure it okay, out. Okay, can I read some stats about the Solange that I barely understand any Please of them? Do. I understand what guest cabin means. There are seven guest cabins. Okay, great. The top speed is 17 KTS. Do you know what that is? Knots. Knots, yeah. Good, good job. Thank you. And it can house 16 guests. There are 29 crew members. And it has a cruise speed of 15 knots. I don't know. It's um, 85.1 meters. It's a super yacht. Looks quite nice. Let's talk about the decor. What do you think, Juliet? Um, I don't know why the inclination for the fanciest yachts is to go with the fake wood paneling. That's like the dark wood. And this had a lot of it. I don't really get it. It's designed by Eileen Rodriguez, who's like a fairly accomplished yacht designer. Mm -hmm. It's not not her first yacht. But I, I thought it was okay. I have to say, I like a yacht that's not all white and silver on the outside. So I like that it was blue on the outside. I do think the outside looks very sleek and sophisticated. Yes. I would agree. They make a plot point in the show of it's like Marsha just had this redone. So we're meant to believe that this decor is Marsha's work. And I have to say, as someone who got Marsha in one of the two Who Are You on Succession <laughs> quizzes that I got, I got Logan on the other one, just in case anyone's that's curious. That's incredible, Amanda. Thank you so much. I you're brave for sharing that. <laughs> I <laughs> Every single person I've told is like, that's not surprising. So I don't know what to say about that. I think it's because I picked, they asked what your ideal job would be. And I just picked King because like, let's be honest. <laughs> anyway, other quiz I got, Marsha. I have to say, I don't think that this design sensibility is in keeping with the character that they've established for Marsha or the decor and any of the many other Roy family homes that we have seen on the show. I agree with you. I agree with you, but maybe this is just like what a yacht looks like. I Why don't know. do yachts have to look like this? Is there some sort of like special document that you're given when you're able to rent a super yacht that's like you have to have like garish lighting and it needs to look like a Vegas casino circa 1995? I feel like part of it is because you could be somewhere where there is no other lights. So it has like crazy 
overcompensating but, lights? I don't really know, though. But le- what's with, like, the fake purple gemstone walls? The lighting, some, and, of, the, some of the purple light uh, ambiance lighting reminds me of the default settings of our car that you and I both have. Okay, but, yes. Which I had to turn off. Oh, which, you can turn that off? Yeah. How long did it take you to figure out how to do it? I had a friend who, like, showed me how to do that okay. stuff. But wow. I didn't know about the ambient. Uh, the first night I was, like, in my car, mm-hmm. I was, like, horrified that I would have red, like, red light inside of my car for yeah. the rest of my, our time together, which was going to be three years. Right. So you can turn it off. I'll tell you how after the okay, podcast. Okay, thank you. That's great. I have to say, the thing about this yacht, the amenities are amazing. Way nicer than we see on Bravo TV. Like, they have this pool, and they have the hot tub. They've got multiple decks. And crucially, a staircase into the ocean, into the sea, which I find to be just absolutely special. This is a swimming-focused yacht, which I really appreciate. I don't get the sense, based on the yacht content that I've consumed, that everyone is as interested in being in the water. Yeah. When they're on a yacht, but you and I are, and they have really thought about this. This, sta- this grand staircase at the back into the sea. It's tremendous. Is to die for. Every yacht should feature this. And the fact that they don't is a huge problem. <laughs> I, it's on, Tremendous is the only way to put it. And there's so many other like little points where you can just sit on on the deck and look out. And the blue is such a nice color around it, around you. I don't know. This This is a really nice yacht. Good job, Roy family. It's great. I just don't understand the chandeliers. I don't understand why yacht decorating is still stuck in like the hotel and casino decor. Yeah, it's very 90s. I hate okay. I hate the paneling inside. Okay. In general. And like, like fake columns and stuff. The bathrooms are really nice though. They are. I don't really understand how yachts work. We'll have to get a yacht engineer on this show one time. If you were a yacht engineer, let us know. This or is, if you own a yacht, you know, really let's, let's dream big. Um, the other the other thing that then, of course, caught our attention was, could you get from the greater Croatia air, Adriatic area over to Paxos, which is in the Ionian Sea? And I think the answer is yes. With the, some help of some helicopters and some boats, mm-hmm. yes, I think it's possible. I mean, Paxos is on the western side of Greece. It's near Corfu. Yes. Just some real rich guy shit. So... I think at, at least it's on the right side of the coast. You're just going up and down the coast. Yeah. You know. No matter how quickly you can get there. I I assume someone who understands like not speed can let us know whether sure. it's plausible. Does it, it does seem plausible based on Google Maps. They do elide the time, a passing of time in succession a lot. Like we yes. saw part of the helicopter and the boat ride, but we don't really know when they left and how many days they were on the yacht. I guess they say it's like, Two days. Yes. Very hard to tell. Sure. But well, yeah, it, se- it seems like, you know, checks out. It all looked grand. Great episode, too. It was great. How did you feel about the Sally Rooney inclusion? Um, I didn't notice it until Phoebe Riley, our friend, yes. pointed it out to also me. Also got that text message. <laughs> we um, love you, Phoebe. Shiv, to my knowledge, doesn't have any female friends. So I feel like her reading conversation with friends is kind of like anthropological or sociological for her. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of interesting. I felt slightly indicted the way I do anytime I'm reminded that no person's taste is singular. Sure. And that Instagram has just flattened all of us and we all wear and read and think the same things. And that that means that I think the same thing as Shiv Roy, which is... Right. It's, a, it's not what you want, as no. they say. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not. There's plenty. There's plenty of things that uh, are upsetting about 
about Succession and just life on the internet. Mm -hmm. But that one was okay with me. I was like, yeah, everyone's read this book. I feel like we were really early to it. So that kind of, I feel You were very early to it. And then I was on your journey with you. So thank you. We did it together. Great. You know, so I I feel good about it. And it's it's a great book. So good job, Shiv. Where do you think she bought it? Amazon or did she go or did she also go to like her local bookstore? <laughs> she didn't buy it. When you're that rich, someone gives you everything. So right. someone's like, oh, you should read this because someone on the internet said that it's good. Yeah. For more succession discussion, check out the watch with Chris Ryan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but moving on. So there's been some great updates in the War of the Wags, the fight between Colleen Rooney and Rebecca Vardy. Wagatha Christie. Wagatha Christie. I had the delight of telling a friend about this, and she just thought it was so impressive. Um, in the days since this came out, which is about a week ago, uh, the Daily Mail's had a few stories that seemed, to my mind, to be pro-Vardy. 100%. Yes. Like, for example, pictured, pregnant Rebecca Vardy is seen in flood of tears as she returns to the UK amid bitter feud with Colleen Rooney, Rooney while Jamie unfollows Wayne on social media as the WAG's husband join Rao. Um, first of all, they have quotes around unfollows Wayne on social media. I don't know who they're quoting there or what that's like. I think that means that they haven't verified it. Is that a thing? Yes. Especially in the UK, they put quotes around anything that is not like factually. That's how they indicate rumors. Really? Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just based on my reading of the Daily Mail. But that is to mean that we've heard this to be true, but have not done any journalism to actually verify it ourselves. One of my takes is Jamie Vardy's really hot. Okay. I liked the <laughs> coat he was wearing at the airport. Yeah. He's just a really, he looks like a real soccer player, just the way he wears his clothes and his pants in particular. And he's very attractive. Mm-hmm. That's my main take on Jamie okay. Vardy. Next, it just seems like all of the signs point to being pro Vardy, which could lead us to some other hypotheses. Well, the Daily Mail had an actual interview with her. She gave the exclusive interview yes. to the Daily Mail, which includes, frankly, the all time quote. And when, you know, I really had to re-examine my allegiances after this. But Rebecca Vardy says that arguing with Colleen would be like arguing with a pigeon. Would be as pointless as arguing with a pigeon. You can tell that you're right and it is wrong, but it's still going to shit in your hair. Incredible. Let me tell you, the UK just is better at celebrities than we are. They're better at insults, too. (laughs) Arguing with a pigeon is really funny and changed my entire perspective of Rebecca Vardy. That said, yes, I would agree with you that she seems to have close ties to the Daily Mail at this juncture, which makes one wonder about the nature of that arrangement. Shall we leave it at that? Sure. I also just want to add that the Daily Mail autoplays videos in the bottom right of your screen. And at the end of every single one, it says, we pay. And so <laughs> they pay for stuff. I just yeah. want to throw that out there. I think I, I was rereading part of a Tina Brown thing on tabloids recently. And it said it's been common for 20 years that they do pay. Yeah. And they're like slightly more candid about it or open about it than we are in the U.S. Because I think, frankly, sometimes the U.S., tabloids pay for things as well, though they wouldn't like to tell you about it. But here, can I tell you my, like, Vardy thing I've been thinking about this? And here's what I really think happened. So Rebecca Vardy is a newer celebrity. She's of a newer generation than Colleen Rooney. And she is very press forward. Yes. Is clearly, she is on reality shows. She wants to be an influencer. She's posting. She's trying to get her name out there. And... Being that kind of celebrity in 2019 means that you do have relationships with all the tabloids. So I think that she knows 
people who work at The Sun, people who work at The Daily Mail. She has cultivated these people um, as sources and people who can help her career. But at that level, it's always like, oh, my friend so-and-so. You know, there's a, a collegiality. And so I think that she was working with these people on some level of promotion that she was doing to further one of her pursuits. And at some point is just mentioning this stuff and doesn't even totally know what she's doing. Right. She doesn't even know that she's selling out Colleen. Right. Because in her mind, the line between tabloid person and friend is kind of entirely blurred because she just lives in this entire world where everyone is using everyone else for promotion and fame. And that's everyone's shared goal. Right. That's a good point that she doesn't even know that she's doing it. It's sort of like she's a mark. That's kind of what I think is happening to me. That is more believable than my assistants did it. Also, I think you could you could believe you. She didn't know that she was the only one who could see Colleen Rooney's Instagram, so mm-hmm. she might think a lot of people have this info. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, well, she put on Instagram. I can I can say it, which right. I wouldn't necessarily disagree with, even if you have a private account. Right, you put it out there. Right, and it is true that if you are. Colleen Rooney, and you have been in the public eye for 20 years now, and you know how these things work, you need to also be aware of how the people in your orbit work. And you need to know that someone who is regularly featured in all the tabloids probably has relationships with all of those tabloids. It's just how it works. So if you're sharing that information, even on Instagram, even on your private Instagram, friends, don't forget, anything you put in the world, other people know about it. It's available. And you're responsible for it. So true. Yeah. The, rem, please remember, Juliet and myself talking about the activity feed <laughs> just last week. Okay? I miss it. My finger still does the motion. That's and so then sad. It, and then I, like, end up on one of my own photos. It's just, it's really sad. I honestly hadn't even, maybe I haven't updated yet. I think it's still there. I, I like, compulsively update apps. It's kind of weird. You almost never benefit from updating. Okay. So I don't know why I do it. I haven't updated anything uh, oh my goodness. In in weeks. I try not to do it unless forced. Please, please don't at me if you're a developer. Anyway, I the going back to Rebecca Vardy generally, I, I kind of think that that's what happens. And that is also reflective of the shifting of attitudes in my heart, but also I think generally, which is like people are softening on her a on, little bit. On Beck's? Uh yeah. Uh the Daily Mail refers to her as Becky, which, okay. which definitely won me over like one percent. <laughs> That's like, although I, I I don't know why. Um, the Daily Mail also described this as in in the interview with with Becky, as they said. I'll just read two paragraphs. Did the women two women argue? I ask. Becky is careful not to explicitly denounce Colleen, but says that would be like arguing with a pigeon. You can tell it that you are right and it's wrong, but it's still going to shit in your hair. That is merely the latest colorful phrase and dispute that has gripped a nation grateful for a delicious celebrity ding-dong to distract us in these Brexit-weary times. That is so absurd. It's like it's in a novel. Like, I can't <laughs> believe that was actually on dailymail.co.uk. That's insane. It's so ridiculous. And it's also like celebrating themselves because obviously the Daily Mail is involved in this. Yeah. Like, look, we're doing you a service in these Brexit-weary times. The writing in these pieces has been so much better by a magnitude of like 50 than anything you normally find on the Daily Mail. It's because they're taking pride in it. It's totally true. We got a story and we're leaning into it. And it does seem like that's what everyone in the UK and here as well, is enjoying. Agatha Christie, baby. It's just, there aren't really losers. I mean, the pictures of her crying at the airport were very sad, but also, frankly, looked staged. I, you 100%. Know. Well, it's, She's wearing, like, her nice, like, cashmere sweatsuit. Right. 
And she's just immediately in tears. Like, I, I'm sure that's overwhelming. I do feel for her there is that kind of... Anytime the the beehive goes after anybody, you know, at some point you feel bad for the person who's getting ganged up on, even if they were kind of a snake. Yeah. And she is, quote, heavily pregnant, which I'm told is a emotional state to be in. So I do feel for her, but ah, uh, it seems like they're both they're both profiting from this at this point. Let's let the Daily Mail have a final note, final word on this story. Okay. It is soap opera style saga that has made headlines around the world and even been debated on R4's Lofty Today program. Amazing stuff. Incredible. Okay, moving on. New couple alert. Hit in the streets of New York. David Harbour of Stranger Things fame. Mm-hmm. And Lily Allen of Lily Allen fame. Yeah. One thing that's come to, to light through this is that she's just like not famous anymore and like has to be described as the sister of Alfie Allen from Game of Thrones, which like, it's kind of sad. I mean, fuck you by Lily Allen is an all-timer. I listened to all of All Right Still a few weeks ago, and it's very funny that there is a song on that album about Alfie and what a loser he is. So funny. And and the tables have really turned on that one. So Lily Allen and David Harbour have been dating for a couple months. Yes. And I know this because they were covered in page six in August. They went to a play in the West End and then left in intermission. Relatable. Incredible. So Most plays are worth leaving at intermission, to be honest. <laughs> and I love theater. So two months, that's pretty good. That's not a total fling. I thought this was a more of a debut then. I'm wrong. This is more of a confirmation. I think, yeah. I think they went, quote, Instagram public recently, though I didn't really verify that. I just, they have been seen out together in public over the summer. And I noted it because I I really am a fan of Lily Allen. I am too. And I miss her a lot and I want the best for her, even though it seems like it has been an up and down situation. So two months, that's pretty good. Transatlantic. They were in London. They were also in New York. They were apparently at the SNL party. What's his level of fame in your opinion? So he, he hosted SNL last weekend. He's on like one of the most popular shows in the world. But like, I don't consider him that famous. Is that just my own bias? <laughs> I think it's one of those things where he's famous because of Stranger Things. He's also, yeah. you know, he was in apparently a remake of Hellboy yes, this he year that was uh, terrible. Shout out to Andrew Godadaro. Got some time with him as yes. a result. Yes. So he is in a lot of things that are really popular, but they're popular because of the show or the movie itself. It's all like IP. I mean, Stranger Things is technically an original production, right. but people are more interested in, like, Stranger Things and what's going to happen with the plot than the stars within it. I guess that's not entirely true because those kids are pretty famous, but I still think they're famous, with the exception of Millie Bobby Brown, who I think has become, like, an Instagram star. All of those Stranger Things kids are the Stranger Things kids. That's how we know them. And so it's he's maybe not hugely independently famous, right? if that makes sense. Many of our colleagues, including fellow Ringer Dish hosts, uh, Kate Hallowell mm-hmm. of Tea Time was like, oh, I didn't know he broke up with Alison Sudol. I had never heard of Alison Sudol before. M- me either. She's also British, I believe. And, uh, she, or no, she's not. She's American, but she was just in Fantastic Beasts. And okay. she's like in the Harry Potter world and also a singer. But like, she's not famous to me. But I was, that that suggested to me that some of our colleagues like are more invested in David Harbour than I am. Which is not hard as, yeah, I'm, not, I as get, I'm not invested. I do think it is the Stranger Things universe. I think I did a, Ringer Dish podcast with Kate Hallowell and Amelia Wiedemeyer about the famous, most famous young people in Hollywood. Mm. And they made lists and they both had several Stranger Things kids on them. 
And the reason I keep saying Stranger Things kids is because I honestly, except for Millie Bobby Brown, could not tell you the name of one of them. With It's like a Finn. Finn Wolfhard. Okay. Is there another one? He's he's an it, I believe. Yeah. And he's also in The Goldfinch. Is that even out yet, The Goldfinch? The Goldfinch is out. It was terrible. Out and and his performance was possibly the worst part of it. Oh, my it God. Was like and, a, and Ansel, Ansel Elgort's in that movie. Astonishingly bad. He should Sheesh. not have been in it. Sheesh. And I was like, oh, so maybe you're not an actor. Maybe you're just part of the Stranger Things phenomenon. But again, I, I can. One more. Gatton Matarazzo. I've never heard that name That's before Dustin. in my life. So some of this might be generational is what I'm saying. And <laughs> I, I do think that Stranger Things was a sensation, especially for younger kids. And they were kind of teen stars to an extent. And I guess David Harbour is kind of riding on those coattails as like the dad to the teen kids. I guess David Harbour also is one of the central figures in the origins of dad bod. Yes. So, and also had the big moment at the Golden Globes where he gave that very... Yeah, the SAG Awards yeah, where he SAG gave Awards. that speech. Yeah. Um, but again, I think people know him as the sheriff yes. and not David Harbour. They know him as dad bod and not David Harbour. Lucky for him, major spoiler alert, again, if you're not up to date on Stranger Things, sorry, but... He, like, allegedly dies at the end of season three, but everyone has theories on how he'll be back for season four. Is that lucky for him? I think so. You've just said that Stranger Things has a meal ticket. I guess that's true. Gotta keep it going. Yeah, that's true. All right. Finally, you will be catching me up on a Rihanna-adjacent drama. Yeah, I I just wanted to mention this briefly. This was a week ago. Rihanna's on the cover of Vogue, which is great because Rihanna, Rihanna is wonderful. Because she has, she has a photo autobiography coming out. That's the occasion, right? I think it's that. I think it's also Fenty and her ongoing fashion pursuits. And it was just Fashion Week or Fashion Month. Yeah. I mean, I honestly can't keep it's it. It's been upgraded to a month for uh, in this globalized world. I think it's really because when you Rihanna agrees to be on the cover of your magazine, you, you put her it. on the cover yeah. of your magazine, you, there are like very limited terms in which Rihanna agrees to do anything. Which is germane because the story or the controversy— uh, sprung from the fact that within the cover story written by Abby Aguirre, it, sh the writer admits that she was not prepared. She was caught off guard and was told the same day that she would be interviewing Rihanna. And so she shows up and she tells Rihanna that she's not prepared and she's winging it and she doesn't have any questions. And can you, can Rihanna please help her? And there were a lot of people who are huge Rihanna fans who were like, that is disrespectful. How dare you not be ready for Rihanna? And then there was this like large war about what is the right way to interview Rihanna and respect Rihanna and interview a celebrity. And let me just say, everyone was a bad actor. Everyone was really, really uh, being their most Twitter selves in this discussion. But I did think it was interesting. And there were a couple things that I wanted to bring to the table. I just want to say I did actually know about this yes. now that you've now that you've explicated it. Yeah. I just want to say mm -hmm. horrific editing. Edit that out. Did we need to know that I she mean, was unprepared? That is that is literally as an editor the first thing that I thought. And I do think whoever didn't edit that out is to blame. Yes. Never, ever admit that you don't know what you're talking about in anything also, because people won't believe you. Also, try not to talk about things that you don't know anything about. But, like, that's, that's a great note. But don't... The number of times that I've cut out of a piece, like, I had never seen this before, or I don't know what I'm talking about. Why would you keep reading? 
It's just bizarre. Also, the su- the subject is Rihanna. We've wasted time. Like everyone has wasted time talking about this, how this woman has was not prepared, which is it sounds like it wasn't her fault anyway. So, well, here's the other thing: is that it, she says that the interview time got changed and it got moved up, and then she was like at Trader Joe's and she needed to go meet Rihanna immediately. And I think that's probably true because the way that these situations work is that you're given a time by a publicist and you're told to meet somewhere and you're inevitably like waiting eight hours or it needs to change or the photo shoot ran over. There was something else. These people are very famous. And you do, if if you're interviewing a major subject or really just honestly doing anything with someone as famous as Rihanna, you just have to like give up two days. You're just like waiting. Yeah. You don't really know what's going to happen. But if you also think that Rihanna just like woke up one morning and was like, yes, I'll do the cover of Vogue. Send me the interviewer. Mm-hmm. That's not how it works. Yeah. That's just not how it works. And like maybe there was nothing confirmed, but this had been negotiated for weeks. Like it, there are at least 30 people CC'd on emails because that's how many publicists right. it takes to handle Rihanna before she even agreed to consider doing this cover story. So just know that... These are heavily orchestrated. It's not like a major celebrity like Rihanna just calls someone up. And also, it's good celebrity profiling does actually take preparation. Yeah. I think the other thing about this was that it, like, diminished the the effort that a lot of people who do get interviews go into this. I, I just want to note, sorry, yeah. I'm just distracted as I look at this. These photos are stunning. She looks incredible yeah. in these photos. I mean, that's the other thing that's really funny is, like, it doesn't even matter Rihanna, they could have just published photos of Rihanna. And it is sad at this point, no one really cares about the interview. It's just, can we get yeah. the photo shoot? And then we'll tack it on. And I suppose that this writer was kind of at a disadvantage because of that. Because they're just like, oh, whatever, just send her now. It doesn't matter. But yeah, it kind of doesn't because she looks beautiful. It is a bummer, though. It's just sort of like the... Con- and I think also the expectations are low. Like, especially... well. This this writer has also, like, artificially lowered them by being like, I was unprepared. So, like, you don't expect anything great to come out of it at the very beginning. It's just, this is a whole weird setup. Bad look for Vogue. But, yeah, I don't love it. And yet, good luck because the photos are so beautiful. Right. It's just, it's it's not the type of Bad celebrity episode. journalism that, 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 I, that we're interested in here. Also, if you're Rihanna, why would you do a story with them again? You're like, cool. I think, to be fair, she had done a story with this writer before and liked her. Oh, okay. And Rihanna has since gone and, like, defended her and being like, she wasn't prepared and she still wrote a story I like. So that's respect to her. But I, I don't know. Be prepared. Be prepared in life. Don't show up to to interviewing Rihanna. Don't do this job if you don't have fucking questions to ask Rihanna. Do you have questions that you would ask Rihanna, Juliet, if of I course. told you you have to go meet her in an hour? Of course. Yeah, me too. Okay. The main thing I want to know is what she's listening to right now. Like what's what's like through her headphones. Is it music? Is it podcast? Is it The Sound of Rain? That's what I was listening to today. <laughs> what podcasts do you listen to, Rihanna? I actually would love to know that. <laughs> Is Rihanna just like us? Who's to say? Yeah. Um, well, thank you all for listening. It's just been a, a joy to revisit yacht season here in the in deep autumn. Mm-hmm. Amanda's even wearing orange today. You can't see it, but it's orange for autumn. Yes. Uh, we'll be back next week and have a great one. <laughs> 